This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Of course, the show named Unnecessary Roughness is going to talk about folks Will Smith, Smith and somebody. I guess that's a new, I guess that's a new saying now. Hey, he just got Will Smith or. He just got Chris rocked. I don't know what you'd call it. He just took he just took an Oscar home. I don't know what he did, but we've been talking about Will Smith. We've been talking about the case with uh, Chris Rock, and if there's a player out there that played against the Raiders that you'd like to get your Will Smith on against, who would that be? Had some really good feedback in the first hour, both by the Salmon Ash text line and also the phone line at 702-365-9200. Lady Raider 559, she uh, hit me up and said, I definitely Will Smith to keep Tlaib, especially after he snatched Crabtree's chain. So a lot of folks are having it out for Aqib Tlaib. That's that's one of those guys that are high on the chain. Uh, Corky hit me up on Twitter and said, what's up, Q? I got two. The person I'd like to smack the most is Tony Saragusa. I'll never forgive that man for taking our quarterback out in the playoff game. Another year, I was confident we were going to be in the Super Bowl bound. Raiders were stacked that year. Second, Niner fans. So there you go. So not only is he taking out a player, he's taking out a whole damn fan base when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers. So that's from Corky on Twitter. Definitely appreciate that. You can keep that feedback coming again, 702-365-9200. And then the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. And that's really the best way to hit us right now as we try to get into some sound from Josh McDaniels. Earlier this morning, he was at the owners' meetings, is at the owners' meetings, but he held court, and he held court for about 45 minutes. Good stuff. Lots of good stuff, and so I want you to hear a few of these sound bites. I know JT played a few earlier during his show, and I'm sure that uh, we'll have more throughout the course of the day. And then, of course, uh, in the morning uh, with Clay Baker and, and Hondo Carpenter, they'll probably play some sound as well. But Derek Carr, it is his birthday today. He turned 31, so let's start there. Let's start with Josh McDaniels talking about a Derek Carr contract extension. We all know that it's on the way, or we all believe it's on the way, but he talked on it briefly and also talked about building a team around Derek Carr. I mean, I feel Derek's fit on the team is, is, as a player is obviously, uh, you know, what, what we're looking for and what we want to try to build around. I mean, look, I, you know, our relationship continues to, uh, to grow personally. Uh, we, we won't be able to do anything on the field here for a little bit, but, you know, that'll be a process. And I think ultimately, you know, you try to do what's best for the team. And I think both sides got to do what's best for, you know, it, 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 when we get into those conversations with Derek, you know, Derek's going to have to make decisions about what's best for him. That's what each man's right is, and they should do that for their families. And at the same time, you know, we got to try to do what's right for the team. And uh, you know, there'll be a sweet spot in there, hopefully, for everybody. And we'll be we'll be excited to go forward like that. So that was Coach McDaniel's talking about Derek Carr and you know building the team around him, which obviously they're committed to doing with the bringing in of Devontae Adams and the other additions that they brought to the team so far. Uh, early on in the process, haven't even hit the draft yet. But a lot of people, because the deal is not done, the contract extension is not signed just yet, means that a lot of folks are getting a little worried and concerned about, well, is this happening? Is Derek Carr going to sign an extension? What's going on? One thing I know, he's not going to go into the, the year 
playing on the contract that he has, the one year with no guarantee money. He's not going to do that. That's a guarantee. And two, uh, they're just – they're working it out. Like he said, they got to hit the sweet spot. Uh, the agents are going to hit the sweet spot. Uh, the, the team's going to hit the sweet spot. They're negotiating, and they're doing it behind closed doors. They're not out there negotiating it in the public and in the media, and they shouldn't. So what looks like it's going to, you know, thought it was probably going to get done like last week maybe, seems like it's going to take a little bit longer, but that's fine. And I'll say this, what holds up deals like this is when you have a team like the Cleveland Browns that go out and give $230 million guaranteed to Deshaun Watson. I mean, if I'm Derek Carr, I can say, fine, I don't have to be Deshaun Watson. You don't have to think I'm as good as Deshaun Watson, but I don't have no issues like Deshaun Watson. And look what I did for your team last year. What did Deshaun Watson do for the Texans last year? Nothing. Provide a headache. Now, I don't think that Derek Carr or his agents would would negotiate like that, but I'll tell you right now, if I'm a quarterback that's up for a contract, I'm going to say, hey, look, I don't have to necessarily get that money. But I've got to get a pretty nice looking deal. You better give me a pretty sticky good Kirk deal. At least Kirk Cousins' money. I mean, seriously, like that's the that's the reality of it. Regardless of what you feel the quarterback is worth or what you feel that quarterback is worth, you look at those deals, those fully guaranteed deals that are going on around the league, and realize, hey man, these guys are are going to be a product of the next man up. They're going to get paid. Now I'm not saying that anyone's going to go get a 250 million fully guaranteed deal anytime soon. But you saw what Aaron Rodgers got. You saw what Kirk Cousins got. You saw what Deshaun Watson gets. You know, I mean, this look, teams have got to come to the table. So, I mean, it might take a little bit longer to get it done, but I have no doubt that it's going to get done sooner rather than later. And um, it's funny, it would have been a nice day to get it done today, right, just since it's uh, Derek Carr's birthday. And it would have kind of gone with the theme as they did when they signed Max Crosby to his contract extension. That was his anniversary of being sober. I thought that was really cool. And he said that that just happened to fall on the day. It just happened like that. It wasn't anything that was planned, but – it would have been pretty cool if Carr could have got his extension today. But like I said, I have no doubt that it's coming down the pipeline pretty soon. And, uh, you know, some things that have already happened with the team. Obviously, uh, the addition of Chandler Jones, that has been a big deal. So Josh McDaniels, he knows Chandler Jones from his time in New England together. Uh, so here's, here's Josh McDaniels talking about the defensive end, Chandler Jones. Yeah, I've known Chandler for a long time. And so uh, Chandler's a really good guy. And uh, he's obviously a great football player. And, he has an infectious personality. Um, he practices like that. He comes to work with a smile on his face. Um, he, he's an easy guy to like. And so I think that um, the, the, his teammates will embrace him quickly, I'm sure. Uh, and he'll reciprocate that with what he does for them in practice and hopefully on the game field. So there's Josh McDaniels right there talking about Chandler Jones, what he brings to the table. And, look, Chandler Jones, uh, when he talks about his infectious personality, uh, you heard that. You heard that in the opening presser. You heard that when he uh, interviewed myself and DeMond here on Unnecessary Roughness. I mean, the, the guy's personality just is oozing out of him, right? And certain people are like that. You can, you can sense that infectious personality, and that's who Chandler Jones is. But he also has a very unique skill set. And here's Josh McDaniels talking about that skill set. Chandler's a really unique pass rusher. Um, you know, he's got this long levered body that it's really hard to hit. Um, and he's got a lot of different pass rush moves. Um, he's got a great feel for the different people that are protecting. Um, and he's been able to play a lot of uh, different spots across the front. He's rushed inside, he's rushed outside, he's rushed on the right, he's rushed on the left. Um, and he's just, he's, he's a very slick guy in terms of using his frame. He's very long, he's got long arms, uh, and he's hard to get a big hit on. 
which I like because the more contact you get on some of those guys, the more physical toll it takes on their bodies. And so Chandler, you know, I know he's into his 30s, but I see Chandler as a guy who's still playing at a really high level. Uh, and he's playing at that level on all three downs, which I love. There's, there's Josh McDaniels right there talking about Chandler Jones, and I think what stood out to me the most of what he had to say right there is when he was talking about guys like him, like edge rushers, that get hit and they get hit as much as they do and it takes a wear on their body. Correct me if I'm wrong, Raider Nation, but did it not feel like Unique Ngakwe down the stretch last year? And I'm not trying to dog on him because I'm a big fan of Unique Ngakwe. I was so happy when the Raiders brought him in. But it seemed like towards the end of the season and really in that playoff game against the Bengals, you could see a little bit of drop-off from Ngakwe where it looked like uh, him getting all the attention he was getting on that end of the uh, defensive line and, and by offensive linemen and, and uh, tight ends and, and running backs, you know, just consistently hitting them, hitting them, hitting them, looked like – it took a toll on his body towards the end of the season. They really could have used a little bit more pressure on the quarterback from Unique Ngakwe. Now, that's just from my point of, uh, of view. That's from my vantage point. If you feel differently, please feel free to chime in. I have no problem with that. I always uh, have no problem with you giving your opinion, even if you don't agree with mine. But it seemed to me, from my point of view, that Unique Ngakwe really started to wear down in a major way towards the end of the season. And I think that that's one reason why He's in Indianapolis now with the Colts and Chandler Jones, who you just heard Josh McDaniels talk about and how he doesn't, you know, he's a three-down guy. He's a guy who doesn't wear down. He doesn't take those big hits. That is the reason why they bring in a guy like that. The final soundbite I want you to hear in this segment, we'll get some more coming up in the next segment, plus we'll get some of your calls and texts as well at 702-365-9200 in the Salmon Ash text line 69187 keyword R&R is about his running buddy. How about Max Crosby? It was very important for this organization and Josh McDaniels and the front office to go and get that extension done with Max Crosby. They prioritized him. So here's McDaniels talking about the importance of getting that extension done. You know, I, I think it's uh, it's important. Uh, it's an important position. Uh, certainly, I mean, if you can score or, or, or affect the quarterback on defense, you know, those are two really important things uh, to every football team, and obviously Max can do that. Uh, he, can, he can affect the quarterback on the other team. The other thing I love about Max Crosby is, you know, he's, he's in the building first every day. I'm not sure I know anybody that works any harder at his craft than he does. He's unselfish. He's got a great team-first attitude. Um, he, he's, a, he's a great example uh, for what you want in a football player. And so uh, to reward people that do those kind of things, uh, you, you, you never regret those things, you know. And it's exciting for our team and our organization to have an opportunity to, to watch him grow into the person and player that he's become. And then, you know, we're all going to be witness to it going forward. So there's McDaniels talking about Max Crosby, and I love how much detail he went into it. And you realize he hasn't been around Max Crosby that much. You know, and I think, and I don't know, and Damon, I would love to hear from you real quick. I didn't realize, and maybe shame on me, I didn't realize how much attention across the league. I know that Max Crosby had so many pressures last year, and, you know, PFF was giving him all kind of praise. And I know that, uh, you know, Brian Baldinger calls him the condor, and he gives him all kind of praise. I didn't know how much attention – Max Crosby was getting nationwide or league-wide, but he really is. And you heard Chandler Jones. That's really when it caught my attention, when Chandler Jones is like, man, I get to play with Max Crosby. To me, and Damon, I'll ask you and I'll defer to you, I feel like Max Crosby has now become the face of the Las Vegas Raiders. 
Oh, without a doubt, I think it's that, like you mentioned, Chandler Jones, he, they, they exchanged texts, getting like pass rushing tips from each other. I really think his breakout moment was that Von Miller pass rush camp. Because Von Miller was also gushing about him. And that was also before the season started. Yep. Before the breakout season. That was just like a little preamble of, hey, watch out. This guy might have a good season coming up. Because even Von Miller's talking about how much improvement that he's seen. And also Josh McDaniels, what he's seen so far. Because he doesn't know him that well. But he does know this guy's the first one in the building during the offseason. And that's got to leave an impression on a coach's mind. Hey, it's the offseason. And this guy's here every day. Right, exactly, and that is also infectious. You know, you see someone's work ethic like that, uh, and you're in the and you're in the room, or you're supposed to be in the room, or in the building. You might think, yeah, if Max is working his tail off and he just got this contract extension, maybe I ought to get in there and work my tail off a little bit more. You know, I mean, that's that's just that lead by example type of uh, person that he is. And and I'll tell you, man, and I think the Raiders are really blessed in this in this scenario. And then we'll take a break and we'll get some calls and texts on the other side. I think that. The Raiders now have a guy that multiple players across the league are going to want to come to the Raiders and play with in Max Crosby. Chandler Jones is fired up to play with Max Crosby. Unique Ngakwe, when he first got to the building, what did he say? Me and Max are going to be the best two guys. I mean, he was excited. He, I guess he kind of led the charge. And you saw what, what happened last year. I think Max Crosby is going to start attracting a lot of players to the silver and black. I don't know if you saw it over the weekend, but he put a little breadcrumbs out on Twitter talking about fun fact of the day, honey badges are silver and black. I mean, that's a message. That's a message he's trying to send to, to, to well, the fan base and the honey badger, Tyron Matthew, like, hey, man, silver and black is where you need to be. He is now an ambassador for the Raiders, and I think that they are blessed to have that guy. Even when they had Khalil Mack, as great as Khalil Mack was, I never saw him going out of his way to try to recruit people to the Raiders. They have that guy who I believe league-wide is respected in Max Crosby. 317 is the time. We'll come back. Got a couple callers that we'll get to. Plus, here's some uh, sound bites from Josh McDaniels about the offensive line. That's all coming up here on Raider Nation Radio 920. What does it mean to be a Raider? What to you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the, just the jersey or just the, just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about, it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. My man Bill representing that 925, that Pittsburgh, California, stand up one time. Tweeted at me talking about a player that he'd like to Will Smith, get his Will Smith on with and slap the brakes off of him. Said, okay, here's a name for you, Tony Saragusa for falling on Gannon. Yeah, he's been a popular one today. Tony's catching slaps left and right. Bill, definitely appreciate that. 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Juan the Smasher. What's on your mind, Juan? What's up, G? What's going on? Yeah, hey, I'm chilling, man. I'm blessed. How you doing? I know that's right. Man, man uh, speaking about smacking food, man, I'll, I'll definitely will smack Kelsey. You know, I cannot stand that guy, dude. I don't know what it is about him. Him and his fat coach, I cannot stand that guy either. But, yeah, Kelsey for sure, dude. I, man, those, those guys grab my gears. And then as for Carr, give him a present, I'll give that for a Corona. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, because that guy's going to do some things with Adam. I believe it. <laughs> yes, sir. 
Okay. All right. That'll work. That'll work. Hey, thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. Let's keep the party rolling, man. Raider Reggie, you're up next. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. My dude Q. What's going on, man? Long time no hear or see. Yes, sir. How you doing? Hey, man. I'm, I'm over here tripping on, on the real because I cannot believe that you were shocked about the words on uh, Max this year. Do you know how many people had Max like Really, the rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. It was a lot of people saying that, and he he balled out his rookie year. Yeah, he did. But but the fact that he started just pretty much destroying fools with his uh, spin move and stuff, and by even when we was losing, he was having his way with some people. But um, I had to call in about this Will Will Smith thing, dude. I pray to God that I, I stay the me that I am now, because the the prior to getting out the military, Reggie Chris would have had to get both hands. He would have got that double pimp slap on that one. My <laughs> wife, my kids, and my money. You you just can't do that, man. And I don't care if it's. I laughed a little bit, and I was looking, see my wife. That's the trigger. My wife's reaction is the trigger. You know, I see, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. That's when I'm going to straighten you out, right? Right. But then the person that I would slap, I know it's super easy to pick a key to leave. And I, I actually seen that dude in person in Florida, and he was, he was I ain't even going to go there. He was not the coolest person. But Bill Romanowski, man, I couldn't stand that cat, man, when he was with the uh, Niners. Right, And right. then when he got with the – you know when he went to Broncos, I really started hating But I met him, and he was the coolest dude ever. So I had to swallow my little pride and, and go in a corner because he was the coolest dude ever. Plus, you don't want to be trying to slap some dude that probably had three arms in one. Right. He would cut you back. Right, so yeah. Right on, man. For my guy, uh, Carr, and this is the gift. I hope that the the team go out and get him. Go get that man the most dangerous offensive line. Just get that line to be the most dangerous, and let's see what we can do with what we got. I think Carr will stand up this year, and we'll be saying some good things after the season is over. One love, y'all. I appreciate you, DeMond. I ain't seen you in a minute. I bet you on swole right now. Probably just did about 150 push-ups on the break. <laughs> Let's go. Raider Reggie right there. Great call, my man. I do appreciate you, man. You're giving DeMond way too much credit. He might have done 100 push-ups. He didn't do no 150. He's he's he he ain't gonna he ain't gonna do all that. I need to do a couple more, man. Q, I had I got a story to tell you real quick. Oh, come on with it then. You know, about to make my wrestling return. You know, about to get back in the ring. Okay, okay. So yesterday there's a wrestling show over at FSW. I go just to support the homies, and then hey, my homie Greg, he's like, hey, hey, it's perfect that you're here. Got a spot for you. You know, we're kind of similar build. He's a little bit taller than me, but that ain't nothing to worry about. Everybody's but, a little taller yeah, than you. Yeah. <laughs> so I come out in his old, like, wrestling costume, you know, but he's got a new character, a new persona, and he just comes out, knocks me out like the old Greg's gone, da-da-da-da-da. But someone else, a new kid, a young boy, he was just like, hey, were you the one that did the thing with Greg? And I was like, nah, man, that wasn't me. So then he goes over to another guy, like, probably like 10 feet from me, and he's just like, man, like, I asked that guy over there, and he said it wasn't him. Do you know who that fat dude was? <laughs> And like, yo, I like, I've never had my feelings hurt so bad. Wow! <laughs> to hear someone say, 
Who was that fat dude? Wow, they now, called you the fat dude, huh? I gotta get some cardio in. I gotta get. I gotta start working on the abs. Man, hey, I, I got an ab carver for you, man. I got the ab carver at the house, man. It's it's been traveling with me since Texas. I'll say this: the wife always says that me and her need to get back in the gym because I'm not doing enough, and I always kind of put it off and put it off. You know, I'm really a cardio type guy, more like just get on the hoop court and stuff like that. But, um, man, hey, it, it's humbling, right? When someone says. Hey, man, you know, like, like every once in a while, someone will be like, oh, Q, your face is fat. I'm like, really? <laughs> really? Like, that's not, that's, there's no, there's nothing no that compliment. has, there's no compliment there at all. Oh, you know, your, your face is looking fat. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you a whole lot. Really appreciate that. So, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's wild right there. Oh, man. But anyway, that's, that's a heck of a story. I like that. Uh, let's go to uh, Alan in Vegas. What's on your mind, Alan? Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. I'm fresh at the barber. Nice. Stayed so tight, Q, that Derek Hart's barber would be jealous. Wow. I like it. And to your point about Max Crosby, you're right. The players want to come and play with him, and especially seeing the Raiders, that they went to the playoffs, they are a playoff team, and they're on the rise. The players want to join this. It's a movement, really. I mean, it's something that we're starting out here in Vegas. Great past couple of years. And – I believe the third year would be a whole lot better. And the one player I would slap, I, man, I, shoot, I saw Terrell Owens. I <laughs> hated him on every team he was on. I hated him when he was with the 49ers. All the kids in school that wore his jersey on Mondays, I wanted to slap them too. Jeez, I, I hated him. <laughs> you guys take care. All right, man. Hey, good call. That's funny, man. I, I like T.O. I was a T.O. guy. I wanted T.O. to be a member of the Raiders, man. When, remember when the 49ers were talking about moving him and they originally were going to trade him to Baltimore and he was like, nope, ain't going there. I wanted the Raiders to pick him up then. I just thought he was a guy. You know, I mean, he was a dude. There's a reason why he's got a gold jacket. I didn't care about any of the whatever people said about him. Oh, he's not liked in the locker room. He destroys the locker room. Man, he gets it done on the field. He was that guy. I didn't give a damn. Uh, but they didn't, obviously they didn't go in that direction. But T.O., I've never had a problem with T.O., but I know a lot of folks, he brought people the wrong way just because of his, uh, his antics. But for me, a guy that does a bunch of sit-ups on his driveway and calls the quarterback out for not getting him the rock and – uh, calls the quarterback uh, out for, uh, you know, throwing up on the field during the Super Bowl, during the biggest game of their lives while he's out there playing on one leg, uh, I don't have a problem with. Now, a guy that is disruptive and is doing a bunch of illegal stuff and getting arrested, this, that, and the other, and, you know, all that stuff, that's the guy I have a problem with. So I never had a problem with T.O., but I understand completely why a lot of people are angry and would like to slap the mess out of T.O. Good stuff. Hey, I appreciate the calls from Juan, Raider Reggie, and Allen in Vegas. When we come back, You'll hear from Josh McDaniels talking all things offensive line as he was speaking at the owners' meetings this morning. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Wanted to pass on this quick little nugget, a couple quick little nuggets. Uh, Solomon Thomas was a member of the Silver and Black in 2021. He signed a one-year deal with the New York Jets. So he's going to go and reunite there with Coach Sala, who was his coach there in San Francisco with the 49ers. So Solomon Thomas is off to the East Coast to uh, play with the Jets after putting in a pretty good season for the Raiders in 2021. Really did like what he brought to the table. And the one thing I'll say, if you look back at what the Raiders have done as far as free agents goes over the past few years, not very many of them go and sign deals with other teams. But this year, and you have to give this credit to the the previous regime, this year, guys that were with the Raiders last year are signing deals. 
Keyshawn Nixon went to the Green Bay Packers. Solomon Thomas just mentioned he went to the Jets. Casey Hayward went to the Falcons. I mean, there's Marcus Mariota went to the Falcons. Guys are signing contracts, which is not something that you normally see. Normally, when a guy leaves the Raiders, it's like, well, he's done. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, that's just what it was. So you have to give the last regime credit for at least bringing in players that are getting it done and, and are actually continuing their career now that they're not with the Raiders, and a, a lot of those guys are coming from the defensive side of the ball as the Raiders' defense was serviceable. Not fantastic, but it was serviceable, and it really helped them stay in a lot of games in 2021. Also, I wanted to pass on this note uh, from uh, Al Butler, talking, uh, and this is, it has to do with diversity in the Rooney Rule. Women will now be included in all Rooney Rule requirements in the NFL. Also, all 32 teams will be required to hire a diverse person, female or a member of an ethnic or racial minority, to serve as an offensive assistant. We were talking earlier to Brandon Cristal from KOA in Denver, and that's what he was talking about, alluding to that. But I just wanted to go ahead and pass that little nugget on. Now, also at the owner meetings, Josh McDaniels met with the media earlier today, and we already heard from him earlier in this hour where he was talking about Chandler Jones and talking about Max Crosby. I want to talk about the offensive line because, to me, that's still an area of concern. That's something that needs to be fixed quick, fast, and in a hurry. So here's Josh McDaniels talking to the media about the status of the O-line. I, I think you always you try to do what, what you feel like is best to improve every area of your football team. And I, I know that there was some things in free agency where, you know, you, you're going into it saying, okay, let's take a look at all these different areas. And sometimes it just doesn't really fall within your range or, you know, it, it kind of gets to a point where you don't feel comfortable doing it. Um, I know we had some interest in some people uh, to try to improve the, the, the overall group, the depth and the competition of the group. Um, I think we have a lot of players there that are not at their ceiling yet, and I think our job as coaches uh, will always be to try to maximize the players that we have. So um, there's there's a lot of ways to improve. You can add players, you can improve them, and so we're going to take every avenue we can to try to do that. We still have the draft, we still have post-draft, we still have June, we still have August. There's a lot of different avenues to do that. But I, I'd say I feel pretty good about the group that we have. And now it's, you know, our job in the short term here is to try to coach them, get them to play better, each, each group, each man to play better, and, and, and that's what we'll focus on. Translation, uh, there were some guys in free agency we want we struck out on. I mean, I was just simple as that. That's basically what he just said, and that's okay. You don't land everybody that you want, especially when you're a team and you say, this is what we're willing to do, and we're not going to go over that. And so I feel like that that's what Dave Ziegler, Champ Kemp, Kelly, and company decided to do. There's certain guys that we could be looking at that we might want to target that we would really enjoy if they came to the silver and black, but we're not going to go over this certain point. And I think that that's what happened. I couldn't tell you exactly who those guys are, but I think that everyone realizes that the guys that they have now are good. I think they're serviceable. I don't think they're great. I think that there needs to be a couple additions. You heard Josh McDaniels say, like to add some depth and some competition to that uh, area. And really, I I've stressed it many times, and I think that some people probably think that I'm maybe overreacting or putting extras on it, putting you know 20 on 10. But that's not the case, in my opinion. In my opinion, that offensive line needs to be solidified if the Raiders are going to have a chance to really make that run that everybody is expecting. So one of the big questions is about last year's rookie, number 17 overall, Alex Leatherwood. 
He played tackle to start the season. He ended the season in, at the guard position. There's been a lot of debate back and forth. Where does he go? What does he play? What does he do with them? Here's Josh McDaniels talking about Alex Leatherwood. He's, a, he's an important part of it. Um, had great conversations with Alex so far. Um, you know, he's excited. You know, I mean, played a lot of football as a rookie. And everybody's, well, yeah, he played a lot of football. That counts for something. You know what I mean? And you can say, well, you know, it, was it this or that? I know this. His second year is going to feel like his second year, not his rookie year. You know, because he did, he was in there a lot. He played a lot of snaps. He played tackle. He played guard. Uh, and we're going to try to give him an opportunity to earn a role that's his best fit, and it's the best fit for the Raiders. And, look, we know what he was drafted for, uh, and, and we're going to give him an opportunity to do such. Uh, but ultimately, what we want to do at the end of the day is we're going to put the best five guys out there. The best five guys we can put out there to protect the quarterback and run the football and be physical, that's what we're going to try to do. So, Damon, I saw you nod your head. When, uh, when you heard that soundbite right there from Josh McDaniels and you nodded your head right at the part where he said, we know what he was drafted for and we're going to give him an opportunity to earn that. To me, it sounds like they're going to try to try him at tackle and if he works out at tackle, they'll leave him there and if not, they'll kick him back inside the guard. Uh, I think anyone who's listened to the show for any amount of time knows how I feel about that, but what were your thoughts when you heard that? I like that they're going to give him a chance to come in and camp. Hey, if you want to be the starting right tackle, prove it. But I also like that he said, hey, we're going to start the best five guys because I don't think that even though he was a first-round pick, that it's not guaranteed that, hey, we'll just start him at right guard. He's going to have to earn his spot. Right. No, I agree with that. Um, I, again, I think that it makes more sense to leave him at guard and let him master that position because I just, again, and look, I know that I'm just one guy. I don't matter in the grand scheme of things. But I just think that you are wasting, well, maybe not wasting time, because he could end up shocking everybody. But just say the worst-case scenario happens and it doesn't work out and they get halfway through camp and realize, yeah, he's going to have to kick inside the guard. Then you wasted that time where he could have been mastering that position. That's where I'm coming from. But maybe because he already knows the guard position because he played it to end the season, maybe that gives him a leg up. I don't know. But to me, I would like to, stay in, I would like to see him stay at that guard position. But it sounds like the Raiders are definitely going to give him an opportunity to earn that right tackle position. That's fine. Hey, if you go and earn it in training camp, then who am I to say anything about that? So two guys that we also know are in the mix, and one guy got a pretty decent amount of money for a guy who could potentially be a uh, a backup, or maybe he's not a backup. Of course, that's Brandon Parker. He got a one-year, like, three-point-something-million-dollar deal, which is basically starter money for a, a one-year guy. But here's Josh McDaniels talking about not only Brandon Parker, but also Jermaine Illuminor. Yeah, I, I think, you know, look, both of them played – I mean, well, I know Jermaine from, from New England, and he played some football last year here, and then obviously Parker played a lot of football here. So, you know, guys that, you know, have a lot of snaps in games um, – have some flexibility from a position standpoint, which I think is really important when you're putting that group together. You can't just put a bunch of one-trick ponies together. You know, so <clears throat> Parker, can he swing? Yes. Jermaine has guard tackle flexibility. You know, you, you never know in this day and age, you know, what you're going to need. And you certainly can't go in there with a bunch of one-position players. So the versatility and flexibility that they offer you and that we're going to try to create in the offensive line room is important, and those two guys are two good examples of that. So there you go, and not to mention, uh, you know, Denzel Good should be fully recovered from his ACL tear that he suffered week one against the Baltimore Ravens. So, I mean, look, 
if, if they don't add anyone else, which I, I do think they will, but if they don't, there's enough guys to compete. I just don't know how 100% confident I am that those guys that they put out there to compete will be able to really hold that position down. Jermaine Illuminor, he to me, is intriguing because he's familiar with the Patriots. He's familiar with what they have going on. Uh, he was very confident. I remember when, when Josh McDaniels got hired, and I, I know he had gone to Twitter and was talking about, uh, don't worry, you'll, you'll really like this guy. And, you know, he's, he's a genius when it comes to offense. Something to that extent, you know, but – he, he intrigues me just because I feel like that familiarity is going to help him. But that will probably be, and, and you, you tell me if you think I'm wrong, that will probably be one of the most intriguing camp battles this year is that offensive line and who's going to solidify themselves as the best five. Yeah, and it's what makes it so intriguing to me is because I don't want to look at, let's say, the person who doesn't win out on position on such a position like, hey, as a failure, but, hey, Alex Leatherwood – He's the new starting right tackle. So is Jermaine Illuminor a good guard? Or if Alex Leatherwood has to be the right guard, does that mean Jermaine Illuminor is a better tackle? I don't know. It's real like a split in hairs where at this point, since they're so interchangeable, I know that that diversity is good. But to me, it sounds like you just have a bunch of okay guys who can do a little bit of everything. But you don't. he said you don't want one-trick ponies, but it sounds like you don't have studs either. Right. You have – I forget that old saying that they said, you know, they're like uh, jack of all trades, but master of none. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yes. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how that sounds. And look, I still think that there's, you know, some competition to be had at the center position. I mean, I know that uh, Andre James continued to improve over the course of the season last year, but I don't think that there's it's set in stone that he's going to just be the starting center and there's not going to be any competition there. Uh, I think every position is up for grabs except for the left tackle position. I think everyone knows that that's going to be Colton Miller's spot moving forward. You know, I mean, obviously he's earned that, but I think everyone else is is really up for grabs. John Simpson at the left guard position, he wasn't overwhelming last year. So if that offensive line, man, if they can't get that to be one cohesive unit, then they're going to be in trouble. They can't they, – and, and they know this. It's not, I'm not breaking any news. This is not, you know, some kind of crazy math problem that I can't do and they can't do. This is, you know, this is basic math. That offensive line has got to be solidified. If they solidify that thing and get that to be one cohesive unit, then what they have coming up can be absolutely special. Yeah, it could be, but it's like I said, it's just ner- it's nerve wracking to me to hear, hey, you know, no one trick ponies. Hey, they can move from these guys can move from guard to tackle, but it sounds like you're not sure. I I would want to hear the coach say, hey, we know this is going to be the starting right tackle. We know this is going to be the starting right guard. But it sounds like they're just going to go into camp and just hope for the best. Right, right, and and, and look, I know we're kind of making it sound a little bit uh, more as far as uh, elementary. Uh, I'm sure that they have some kind of good idea of, hey, I think that this guy is going to be able to uh, thrive in this position. And I'm sure the offensive line coach has been already, uh, you know, been talking and discussing what their plan of attack is. But from the outside looking in, that's the, you're right. That's kind of what it sounds like right there. So that was Josh McDaniels talking all things offensive line. He he did a lot of talking, I, I promise you. And we're not going to get to every sound bite. I mean, really, it was – I mean, DeMond, you were putting him in the system. What was it, about 35, 36 of these sound bites? Over 30 at least. Yeah, exactly. So there was plenty of it. Uh, when I saw when I saw the, uh, the email and the file come in, I started breaking them down. I was like, man, hold up. I, was, I literally sat at my, uh, my desk here at the, at the house for about an hour and a half, two hours, breaking all this audio down because there was so much of it. But that's great. That's the fantastic stuff that we want to get. We want to be able to bring 
this to the table. Uh, let me see. you got time for a couple more little sound bites. Then I also want to hear from you, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200 and also the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R, as we close out hour number two. Before I, I get to any of that, though, I did get a tweet from my guy, uh, Deep. It's actually at D-V-N-R-N-A-R-Q, uh, talking about uh, slapping folks. And he said earlier that he was going to uh, slap – Philip Rivers in and all the kids. And I was like, you can't slap the kids, man. You can't slap the kids. That's okay. But he was just joking. He said, hey, this is unnecessary roughness. I was just joking about the kids. It's just in the spirit of the show. <laughs> I ain't mad. No, hey, I ain't mad at him. I just, you can't, you can't say you're going to slap the kids. Someone will get offended. Not me, but uh, someone will get offended. But it's all good. But we do appreciate you chiming in on the show, my man. And uh, thank you so much uh, for being, enjoy- uh, being a part of the show on the daily. Uh, let's see. I wanted to get to a couple more little sound bites from uh, Josh McDaniels real quick. Uh, how about we go to hmm. – oh, I got a couple good ones for you. How about we go to Josh McDaniels talking about defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. I believe this is like the last sound bite. Uh, he's, he's, he's a guy that I remember Patrick Graham getting a lot of conversation and talk about while he was uh, with the Giants, and a lot of folks saying that, hey, this guy's going to be a head coach someday. He actually interviewed to be the Giants head coach. He didn't get the job, and he ended up making his way to Las Vegas to be the defensive coordinator for Josh McDaniels. So here's McDaniels talking about defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. Yeah, um, I mean, I've always been fond of Patrick. Patrick's he's a great coach, and he's a great person. So, um, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about doing these kind of things and having an opportunity – if it was presented, you always have to be mindful of who you may add to your staff and, and surround yourself with. And you want to put as many good people and good coaches around you as you can. And, uh, you know, Patrick's at the top of that list uh, in both categories. He's done a lot of great things. Um, I'm excited to work with him. I'm excited to learn from him. Um, and, and he's already doing a great job with our defensive staff right now. So there you go. There's Josh McDaniels talking about Patrick Graham, the new defensive coordinator for the Silver and Black. And I, I do think he's going to bring some good things to the table. I know a lot of folks, uh, you know, were disappointed to see Gus Bradley go because of what he was able to do last season and really kind of uh, get that defense turned around, at least trending in the right direction. Of course, had a lot of players that knew his scheme and were able to thrive like a Denzel Perriman, who uh, we haven't even talked about too much. You know, not, not hardly anybody's really talking about Denzel Perriman. Uh, I do think that he's going to be a, a good addition to this uh, Raiders defense just because he's a hell of a player. He's a football player. I mean, he's one of those guys that just go out there and ball out. But uh, I, I, just, I think that this defense has an opportunity to be really good, and I think one of the biggest keys to it is going to be creating turnovers, something that they didn't do too much of last year. If they can create some turnovers, they can really be headed in the right direction. One guy that I'm excited about him taking the next step into year two of uh, his, his professional career is Nate Hobbs. He was the fifth-round pick a year ago. Uh, he did some good things in the slot. You saw that he has playmaking ability. You see he's a guy that's able to tackle. Uh, he's, got, he's got some dog in him, man. I really like what he brings to the table. I'm hoping that he's done with any kind of issues uh, off the field, and they're, they've been minor so far, so that's a good thing, but you're hoping that he doesn't really have any kind of issues like that moving forward, but as far as him on the field, McDaniels was talking about this morning that he might be used on the inside or potentially the outside. Here he is. There'll be an opportunity for Nate to compete at all those spots. Um, we've talked about that already, and um, Nate's a very competitive guy, got a good skill set. Um, we're excited to work with him for sure. 
So there you go, short and sweet when it comes to Nate Hobbs and given the opportunity. And, and that's the thing. I think that he could be a guy that could really thrive on the outside. I really do. I mean, I know he did a really good job in the slot, and you really don't want to disrupt that. You want him to keep on growing. But I don't know. My gut feeling tells me he could perform really well uh, on the outside. You saw him do a little bit of it in the preseason last year against the Chargers, and uh, he was actually able to come away with the interception in that game, one of those that he uh, he just went and, and saw it coming, and it wasn't even it wasn't even in his zone, his area. He just kind of peeled off and went and tracked the ball, went and found it, and that's that's what the Raiders need is, is guys that can go and just make plays, guys that can peel off and make a play when they sense where the ball is going. Now, I know sometimes they can get guys in trouble, but uh, if he can create some turnovers like that, on a consistent basis, that's a recipe for a lot of success because you've got to have a couple extra possessions, especially in the AOC West this upcoming year. With all the firepower that's in the division, you're going to want to steal a couple possessions. If your defense can be good, man, you, you really could win some, some good games because I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this division. But if you get an opportunity to create a couple turnovers and get a couple more offensive possessions, you really could, uh, could win some games. Got a text here at 69187, keyword R&R, from Vegas Pete. I like a lot about what the new regime has done. I don't like them dismantling the defensive line from last year. The pass rush was awesome last season, and only Max remains. That's from Vegas Pete. Uh, so he likes what the new regime has done, but he doesn't like the fact that, they're, uh, you know, that they've dismantled the, offense, or the defensive line. But these aren't the same. I mean, the, the scheme that they're trying to run, those guys don't fit it. I mean, those guys that were on the defensive line, the Solomon Thomases, uh, you know, guys like that, uh, Quentin, Quentin uh, um, Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah, he's in Seattle now. Those guys are – Yeah, Phylon. Phylon's injured. Uh, he, he's, I, don't, I don't know if he's even going to play this year just because of the nature of his injury. But guys like that, man, they were just they – were, they were smaller and they were faster, and they were the guys that could shoot the gap, and that's what – Gus Bradley wants just guys that can shoot the gap and and you know try to get to the the pass rusher or the pass passer and and that's they did a good job like you mentioned last season but what Patrick Graham wants to do man he wants to have that beef in the middle I mean you see the guys that he's been bringing in those are three hundred pounders plus <laughs> you know what I mean like three hundred pounders plus that's what they're bringing in so uh, the way that they're going to approach things is going to be differently so they just don't have the guys that you know. That or they didn't have the guys that fit with what Patrick Graham is doing, and that's why they've allowed them to go other places and sign those those deals. And uh, you know, we just have to wait and see. Just like similar to last year when nobody knew if a Solomon Thomas was going to work out, nobody knew if a Quentin Jefferson was going to work out, nobody knew Darius Phylon was going to work out. They just didn't until they went out there and did it. And I think that's exactly what you're going to see from uh, the Raiders' defensive line this year. I think you're going to really see the the strength of this unit. You know, Chandler Jones. I think that's a big time get. That's a big-time upgrade on that defensive line, and I like Unique Ngakwe a lot. I was one of the guys that have been talking about him for a very long time, but I think that he's got an opportunity to be, uh, you know, to have a Chandler Jones there, I think he's got an opportunity to be a dog for the Raiders and, and really a big-time leader as well on the squad. Now, um, there's a lot of conversation we've also had about uh, teams being in win-now mode. You know, you're starting to see all these teams like the Rams, starting to see uh, what the Buccaneers did. The Bengals go out there and make the move for Jamar Chase instead of going and getting offensive line, wanted to go and, and, and provide some weaponry for, for uh, Joe Burrow. And so they're, they're teams that are feel like they're in that win-now mode. So here's Josh McDaniels talking about if he feels more teams are going to uh, adapt that approach and be in that win-now mode. I don't know. I mean, I think everybody's just trying to do what they think is, is best for their team. Um, 
you take advantage of opportunities that you think can make your make your team better and we've tried to do such uh, I know other teams have done the same thing uh, look I if you're not trying to win I don't know what you're doing at this point uh, you know I mean <coughs> I don't I think we're all in that mode of trying to do what's best for our football team so we can compete and win as many games as possible that's what they pay us to do so we're going to try to do that I know every other team in the league and the conference is going to do the same thing and uh, you know, as, as many as many ways as you can improve your team, that's what you're going to try to do. There you go, right there. And sorry, Demond, for throwing you for a loop right there, but uh, that's <laughs> that was Josh McDaniels talking about win now mode. I think that that's something that it feels like a lot more teams are going to start doing, like just trying to go for the gusto right now. But until it doesn't work, when it blows up in someone's face, that's when they're going to say, "Hey, hey, that's a bad idea. Let's not go there. Let's not do that and make that decision again." So thank you for uh, adjusting on the fly and getting that sound. I do appreciate that. And of course, we'll have more sound from Josh McDaniels and the owners' meetings uh, throughout the course of the week. Matter of fact, speaking of the owners' meeting, coming up next, Vinny. Bonsignor, he'll join us from West Palm Beach. He's probably got a nice adult beverage with an umbrella in it. He's probably chilling out on the beach working on his tan right now. He's doing something. He's going to be on the phone lines with us next. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.